Hi there, you're listening to the Erratic Control Podcast. I'm Ed Townend. This week's interview is with Ellie James, also known as Little Red, previously known as Ellie Makes Music. And we discussed a lot of things, quite a comprehensive history of Ellie and her music and a few other subjects as well, which we kind of, you know, have I've already talked about in previous podcasts and will continue to talk about. It's always good to get different people's perspectives. She also recorded a track which is still not out yet. Um, so that's quite a cool little exclusive of her next single, Never Let Me Go. So you can hear that at the end of the podcast. But this is quite a long one. So without any further ado, this is Ellie, also known as Little Red. It's interesting because I think I've seen you now twice since you were you've changed your name i think the first time might have been the first gig you did under yeah halfway yeah you came, yeah yeah you i was came. like yeah 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 so i remember you tweeted and i was like oh someone i know is coming <laughs> yeah yeah because it's interesting because it was it was a night where there's lots of shows on in cardiff yeah, um, I remember. Uh, yeah, it was interesting, and it was in four bars, and it was one of the. It was after they had announced that they were shutting down. Yeah, so it was kind of like a bittersweet thing because it was like it was Parks and you were playing. Yeah, and I really love Parks as well. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna Parks do podcasts with them soon. Um, so I think you played, and it was like it was really kind of. I was really interested in it because, like, obviously, when I've seen you before, it was just you and a guitar. Mm. I think. Um, I don't. Did you ever do anything except? solo stuff when you were um not really not like properly mm. i did at uni um with the early makes music stuff like f- from my last year performance assessment we had to do um like a big thing at comedia bath yes. and i had a band then and like a choir and it was like a massive thing well <laughs> and it was it was the most stressful thing I've yeah ever to do. but um yeah other than that no but i'm trying to get like trying to build up my sound a bit more for this because yeah. obviously at the halfway show it was just me and the keys player yeah and I had my electric guitar and stuff so it was kind of a bit different yeah but um we've like we've really thought about it now and we need yeah. to like make some more changes because it's just it's th- not reflective it was yet it, was it were you playing any of your old songs or is it all new songs um I'm not playing any of the songs I released as Ellie Makes Music, really. Mm. Like, occasionally I'll do, like, one or two songs that were on the second EP. Mm. But that's more, like, to fill stuff out, really. Okay. Because at the moment, I'm just doing stuff that I had written and was playing as Ellie Makes Music, but I hadn't released. Because I just kind of feel like they can... Yeah, it was, it was, because it was interesting to me, because I don't know, like, I understood why the name change came and, like, Mm. why, like, it was the fact it wasn't new direction and i was like i was really interested to see it and when i did see it i was like okay this is cool like this this is good <laughs> this is this is kind of like getting in that direction that it's like moving away from the singer songwriter kind of thing mm, um definitely. because i've thought about it for a while like i think about it for artists i know and i go oh it's kind of it's not like it's over overplayed but i look i look back at like musicians i know and there's so many I've, i think i said this before like i think i was talking about it with larry like it sounds kind of sexist, but not because there's like, there's so oh, yeah. many, there's so, yeah, I know, I know, no, 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 like, keep me out. Like, um, there's so many women singer songwriters and you kind of like typically kind of just one, one woman and the guitar and kind of that acoustic guitar kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's hard, you know, they're all different. You're all yeah. different, but it's hard to just dis- like not distinguish, but kind of. I think the thing is that I always thought was like, actually just in Cardiff in general, regardless of gender like I could name just as many male singer-songwriters like Jack Barnett and Adrian like there's so many and I just like not that that's a bad thing 
at all. Like so many brilliant singer songwriters, yeah. but I just kind of didn't feel like it was very me anymore. And it just kind of felt a bit okay. Forced. Yeah, great. Yeah, like well, that's a fantastic reason, isn't it? It's yeah. like, and I think, but it's interesting as well because it kind of came around. Not, I don't know if it was came around the same time. I don't think it definitely was. But Maddie Jones was like now kind of shifting into becoming more of yeah. a band and like. I think actually, like, it seems to be like a logical thing, a logical conclusion for a lot of Welsh acts because yeah. Houdini Dax became Monaco Blonde. Um, Greta Isaac, who used to play a lot around Cardiff, is now like in London and doing really interesting arty music. Yeah. And it's it's really cool. I really yeah. like that. Yeah, that's that's true because there's a lot of musicians that I'm hearing lately. I'm going, I'm sure I thought you were something else and now yeah. you're playing this kind of music. And I'm like, I quite like this. Like, yeah. maybe it wasn't like, didn't hook me in as much before, but now it's, yeah. So it's kind of like an evolution and it seems to be a lot of the musicians I knew from three, four, five years ago are now kind of making that different step Mm -hmm. and that's really exciting to me musically but it also comes at a time when things aren't as stable in (laughs) in the music scene in Cardiff unfortunately so it's kind of it's a bit of a a shame that that's the thing that's happened but you know Mm. we can only work to try and improve that but yeah like I saw you I saw you play and it was like I I like the fact that you you'd kind of moved on from that kind of thing um Mm. yeah but you're right you are right there is there are men who there are I know there are but it's like I also think um it's it's hard to it's hard to phrase in a way that doesn't sound awful <laughs> but it's it's yeah I'm just like I'm really thinking about it now because you are right and I may maybe I did jump to a conclusion in that but maybe it's because I'm more interested in 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 female yeah summarize. yeah maybe maybe you just noticed it more yeah just, because like kind of, i i i like a lot more females like i know i like yeah i like aladriel and i like jack barnett and i like dom griffin as well mm-hmm. but um like with dom as well he kind of tries to expand with a band yeah, and alid, yeah. alid has as well yeah. and like um so did josh scriber like so i think maybe maybe how i'm perceiving it is they did that earlier yeah that's probably the case actually but i, I mean that that's got absolutely nothing to do with gender it's just <laughs> it's just a coincidence it I is think. Just, no it's yeah, okay yeah. i know i know yeah it's so it's kind of like i don't and i also don't think it's it's something you kind of where women kind of looked at and said oh i'll try that it's not yeah. it's not like that at all no, i no. think it's just it is just sort of like a natural evolution mm-hmm. yeah that's been going on which is really cool I it really is like definitely it. and it's kind of you know it's it's, it's good to experiment it's not you know, if you stick with the same thing for ever, mm. you know, you never, it's, unfortunately that does happen to some people and they yeah. do tend to kind of fade away into obscurity when that does happen. But mm-hmm. we can only hope that they... They emerge like a phoenix from the flames. <laughs> <laughs> Beautifully put. Beautifully put. <laughs> so yeah, so I saw that show and that was that was interesting. And then we, I saw Parks afterwards and yeah. had a bit of a thing with someone in front of me who decided to answer their phone during their song. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I remember you tweeted. Yeah, I tweeted about it, and I was like, "No, I'm just gonna delete all this because it was like it was yeah. really ranty and horrible." And I was just like, "Well, I dealt with it. Like, it's fine. Like, oh my god, it was people just, suck. It's okay. people. People do suck." And it turned out it was actually friends of the band as well. And it's just like, oh. oh my god, it's like why? Like, <laughs> <laughs> just why? I know it's kind of it's one. That's of those... a shame because halfway for themselves were like so lovely and so supportive. Yeah, no, no, it was friends of Parks. Oh, friends of Parks. I yeah, friends of halfway. No, that's also a shame because Parks were also very lovely. Yeah, they were great, and but it was just like it was so distracting how someone sat there in front, just like on 
you know, and it's not even like talking to your friend. You're on the phone and it's hard to hear someone on the phone when there's a band playing. Yeah. Surely just step out of the room. That's the most logical thing. Oh, so <laughs> Anyway, but things like that make me really kind of nervous to go to shows lately. Like, yeah. you know, I was at, I, even at the Steve Aoki thing uh, on Friday at, in Cardiff, there's a guy behind me who decided that, like, it, it was a free event, and I understand that, and, like, people in Cardiff like like free events and like mm-hmm. to get drunk at free events. Mm-hmm. But at one point, he was shouting, like, he was, they didn't seem that interested in it. We right. weren't very close to the front, so I was like, fine, I'll just tolerate this for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then one of these guys shouted something racist at Steve Aoki, and I just turned around and went, what? And, like, just <laughs> oh my had a God. massive go at him, and he was, like, trying to, he was filming me on my phone having a go at him, like, and I was like... Why? Why would you? Why? 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 <laughs> so people are so weird. I know, and it's just like, why? Why on earth would you come to? Oh, it's just, like, yeah, it was strange. That. But it's like things like that happen at gigs yeah. all the time, and it's it's like at the um, I supported Bride in London recently, and um, what someone in the audience like just shouted out that can I say it? Can I swear? Yeah, yeah. So, hey, someone, just, someone just called her a bitch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like she when, she said she that at the Cardiff show. Me a bitch. <laughs> she said that at the Cardiff show, didn't yeah. she? Like what? What? And th- what's even weirder about that is that that's a show that people pay to get into. Yeah, I was really baffled. It's bizarre, isn't and it, it was literally because she was asking for more reverb. I was like she was being kind of she was being like, "Oh, can I have more reverb?" And then the next song would be like, "Can I have less reverb?" And yeah. like so, then someone just went, "Oh, you're a bitch," and oh she's God. just she was just like, "What?" <laughs> What have I done wrong? Oh, but oh, that's so horrible. Like, and you know that wouldn't that would never happen with a man. No, no, no one would ever go. Oh, you're being fussy. Like, but it's it's just one of those things. Like, if you're going to see an artist, don't shout out racist or sexist or anything at yeah. them. Just be there. The, <laughs> don't the worst, be an asshole. The worst case of it was. I went to see Portishead in the Great Hall in Cardiff. Mm. It's the only time they've ever played in Cardiff. Yeah. People, it was it was announced the week before. Tickets were 20 quid. Like, everyone was really excited about it. It was like a warm-up for, I think they were playing Primavera. And I was I was like, and I think it, it hadn't sold out because obviously it was announced so uh, late. Yeah. Um, but I went, I went and Portishead are generally quite a quiet band. Like, you know of them as quite a quiet band. Yeah. And people had paid to meet up with their mates and talk through Porter's Head. And it was horrible. And I was like, I've been waiting to see this band for like 10, 10 15 years maybe. And like, and people, just and talk people are talking through it. it. And I'm just like... Oh, that always God. happens. It's just like, I just don't understand it. And I'm just like, I'm taking no prisoners from now on at gigs no. like i will i will shout at people and get yeah. people to leave if they're talking through a gig now i'm just yeah i'm and like i said i'm going to london tomorrow to see julian baker if someone and i'm talks. so excited about it but if someone talks i'm gonna freak out because i'm just yeah. like don't ruin this for me <laughs> like why would you pay to go to see a gig of yeah. someone like someone who's like doesn't visit very often if they're from america it's just like it's not a social occasion no people are treating gigs as social occasions and they're not. No. <laughs> you wouldn't go. You wouldn't go to a play and talk through no. it. No. You wouldn't it's, go to a film and talk through it. It's just Why so would you do that at a gig? I know. <laughs> <sighs> uh, not to discourage people from going to gigs. No, but... obviously, just don't talk through them. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, just logical. Go to the pub. Fine. Like you can support live music, but 
don't talk through it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so like I said, nice to have a casual conversation to start off, which yes. kind of devolved into a rant. Well, that's okay. <laughs> Rants <laughs> are fun too. So yeah, so that kind of, that was, so that's the first time I saw you and then I saw you supporting Bride as well, which yeah. is an amazing show. Like I was so happy that those those shows oh. happen. Like I know Francis, uh, Francis from New South Wales puts on a couple of shows in that, that venue yeah. and he likes putting shows on like locally in Canton, which I think is quite cool. Yeah, bringing music into different like, parts into of Cardiff. A, into a community, like, instead yeah. of, like, everyone going to club or everyone going to tramp shed or stuff like yeah. that. Like, it's it's quite an interesting... And, like, he put shows on in Chapter and, like... it's So it's quite localised and those gigs are always really well attended. Mm. Um, and that's kind of a clever way of doing it. And, you know, he's he's pretty, he's pretty dedicated promoter. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, and that was such a nice show. And yeah. it was... I mean, there was... Again, there was someone in the crowd who was being a bit weird what during my set you think during your set and during bride set as well um (laughs) there was yeah so the same woman who was kind of shouting out stuff at you she was she was was so funny though i know but at the same time (laughs) i was there just going yeah but also really unnecessary like i know like it was unnecessary but oh that show was like one of my favorite shows of the year anyway but then she was just so funny i'm I'm glad you were fine with it but like i want (laughs) Like, so during bride set, it, yeah. I didn't realise... I didn't realise she was still there. Yeah, yeah. I thought she... she I heard her <laughs> ask Francis. It's like, oh, is there another band? And I was like, oh my God, this is the kind of person you are. You don't actually understand what's going on. And it's like, I don't know why you're here. No. <laughs> like, um, it's just because it's a Friday night and it's something to do locally, maybe. Um, yeah. But at one point, apparently, I didn't see it happen, but I heard it happen from someone else. Um, she was filming bride with her camera flash on oh my god and like someone's like can you stop please can you just turn it off and they apparently they just had a massive argument in the middle of the set and i was like why 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 do these things happen like just like people don't understand i mean i've been going to gigs for 13 years now Mm -hmm. and yeah i understand gig etiquette and stuff but it's it's just the same as going to play like you don't yeah it's except at a gig it's more all right to film stuff like in a play, yeah. Like, oh you yeah, would yeah. Never definitely. film I mean, anything. Yeah, okay. So truly, being at a gig, like you should have like understand that you're quite privileged to be allowed to yeah, film something but, and show some restraint. Yeah, but then also not be an asshole. <laughs> I I hate watching uh, filmed concerts with people holding their phones up because mm. it's filmed. You get to see it later anyway. Yeah. Like, don't worry about that. It's yeah. and also like. You know, I, I take photos and film like 30 seconds or a gig. Yeah. But that's all I do because like... I Well, I, I quite like having like the Snapchat and the Instagram sort yeah. of age because it means that I can go to a gig and I can film little snippets yeah. and I've got those as the memory instead yeah. of wasting the entire concert yeah. filming the entire thing. It was like, I really wanted to film. I was saw Charlotte Church at the end of last year and she does a Nine Inch Nails cover. Like I, so, yeah. like I said earlier, I like really like Nine Inch Nails and I just thought that was so cool that she started off her set in Tramshed, playing closer by Nine Inch Nails. Oh my god! Which is just <laughs> like the a, filthiest song. Yeah, nobody. Well, it's not actually the filthiest Nine Inch Nails song, but it's like it's, it's up there. It's a pretty filthy yeah. song. Yeah, it's a pretty filthy song. But nobody in the crowd got it except me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just going, yeah. But I was like, I really wanted to film it, and I filmed like the first minute and a half. I was like, yeah, but I'm not enjoying it. Yeah, so because I just put my phone down. Yeah. Like, and I think people. Yeah. You know, people aren't. Fun fun fact as well. If you like Father John Misty, he does a pretty good cover of that I, song. As I well. have heard it. Yeah, um, 
I yeah. saw him do it, and it was just him screaming and writhing on the floor for like he's, the entire song. Yeah, he's he's a strange one. I haven't really like invested much time in him. I'm either I think it's he's either someone I'm going to really love mm. or really hate. I think yeah. he's, he's he's quite divisive like that. He is quite divisive. I I did see the the whole. Um, I think it was at the Brits last year or this year. Oh, when he didn't win, and he was just—he's just like on his phone. (laughs) (laughs) If you can make fun of yourself, then that's 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 yeah, and that's something he's really good at. Yeah. So yeah, that that show was really cool, and like you had again an additional singer in that, and that was that was kind of you kind of expanding your sound from just being. But again, like like I said, like you're writing new music as well, Mm -hmm. and then I heard the your new song on Adam Walton last night, and I was like. I didn't realise it was you to begin with. Yeah. I was like, oh, who's this? This is this sounds like really interesting, kind of sounds like things I've been really into lately. And I was like, and then I, I looked up like like Adam <laughs> Adam tweets at the same time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's Little Red. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. This is so cool. <laughs> like, I didn't realise like... I'm glad you like it. Yeah, and it's, it's because I think it's because the production was so, so different, different from like what you actually do live and which is I really like as well I mm. really love kind of going to see a band and hearing something different yeah it's yeah with um with that song it really was a bit of a departure because like hell is quite stripped back in a way yeah um but then we wanted to do something really different with what love is and I worked with a producer called Mason Neely and he came up with like two concepts for it one was very James Blake yeah. Which was really cool. Yeah. And then the next one, he was like, now this one's inspired by Kate Bush. And I was instantly like, yes, <laughs> I love Kate Bush. Let's go with it. <laughs> okay, wicked. Yeah. And, and so I was kind of like really kind of taken by it because it did seem so far removed from you <laughs> when I first saw you playing in a youth center in yeah. <laughs> 2000 and... God, 2010, 11. Yeah. Maybe even earlier than that. Maybe. 2009, I'm thinking. Maybe. That's so long ago. Well, it, I mean, it's not. It's, it's <laughs> eight, what, eight years ago. It's pretty long. It's pretty, pretty long. long. But, you know, in a lot of people go, oh, you have, you're 25, don't know anything. Like, yeah, but I've done a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and, so, and so have you. Like, your first... It's funny enough, actually. I, that's not the first time I saw you play. And I don't 100% know if this is true or if it was someone who was very looked very similar to you <laughs> but i've i'm 90 percent sure it was did you ever play at teen spirit yeah i think so yeah in like a really shit band <laughs> see i knew it i knew it yeah. all these years all these oh, years oh no my secret <laughs> all these years i've still got photos on my hard drive oh from it. no don't ever release them it was the worst it was me and my friend sophie we yeah. were desperate to be in like a punky female band yeah should i say the name of the band or no do you know? no <laughs> no let's leave that yeah. dead in the but, past it's but, buried i mean we all start somewhere yeah. when you um started doing music you're first show was uh at soon festival mm-hmm. which is a really good first show to do yeah. and like i don't know how the hell you pulled that off i i think i literally just sent an email so that i found i was basically just looking for any opportunity to do gigs and i mm. came across soon festival had no idea what it was found the email address and just went oh email and then i got an email back from john and hugh just like yeah we really like you and i was one of five people that had emailed or something that got offered to play and i was like what <laughs> I think that and that was 2009. Yeah, because that was the first year I, I worked it. And, yeah, um, 
was able to go because I was just turning 18. <laughs> like I got let into club just on a, just by chance because I was 17 that night. And then the next day was my birthday and it was, yeah. um, but I remember, yeah, I remember that. And it was, yeah, I was kind of like, I'm sure I recognize her from somewhere. And then, and then you <laughs> kind of got more and, but yeah, like that's a really, that kind of goes to show that if you ask. You can sometimes get. Yeah. Like why not? Mm. Because so for someone's first gig to be when they were at Soon Festival, and how old were you then? I think I was like 15 or 16. It's kind of pretty stunning that those things can happen. But mm. yeah, if you don't ask, you don't get. And I think yeah. that's re- like a really important... And I'm important... just always indebted to John Roster in there. Because it's... to have that on your musical CV to start out is really impressive. And I've played like... three times now. Yeah. It's just great. It's still happening again this year. It was kind of in doubt after mm. last year, but it is, it's going to happen I'm glad again. it is. I don't know if they've... No, I don't think I can talk about it publicly yet what's happening with it. I don't think they've announced it yet. Tell me after. I will tell you after. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's kind of like a, a known secret kind of thing. I think a lot of people do know, but again, I can't. you can't talk yeah, about it. Until, don't talk about it publicly. You can't talk about it until it's a confirmed thing. Can you? Yeah. Um, but, so that was your first show. So had you recorded music before then and kind of shared it? Only you? in my bedroom, like okay. with a really bad USB mic. <laughs> And just like the worst demos ever and put it on a MySpace page. I mean, it goes to, um, so I, I just released the, the new podcast this week and I was listening to it as a kind of listener. Yeah. For, instead of like an editor or the guy who was on it. And Rob, uh, it was Rob from Junior Pill was saying that you don't need to have a, well, you, I mean, you don't need to have a producer nowadays. Mm. You can just record in your bedroom yeah. and that's a perfect testament to it. Like the fact that you were 15 recording off USB mic and you got a gig at Soon Festival. It's like, you don't have to. And we were talking about Charles Gambino earlier and he recorded a lot of the lyric, a lot of the um, vocals for Because the Internet, his second album on an iPhone. That's so good. And it's just like, why Like why not? Yeah. <laughs> From there, I think uh, you were involved in, I, I completely skipped over the first two questions I ask anyway, which is, it's just because it's like, I like how these kind of meander around the thing. Yeah. So, okay. So the first question I do, I ask is, um, what's your first musical memory? Ever. Ever. I mean, I guess technically my first musical memory is like going to sleep and listening to the Spice Girls on the cassette. <laughs> That's technically my first ever yeah. musical memory. Um but then I also just, like, growing up, my dad always played guitar around the house. He was into lots of really weird bands. Like, there's a band called The Handsome Family that have got songs about, like, the end of the world and, mm-hmm. like, all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. And you'd play me those in the car and I'd just be, like, slightly terrified because <laughs> it was like, what the fuck is yeah, this? Yeah, I do know. I have heard of The Handsome Family. Yeah. It's kind of like one of those culty bands. Yeah, it, I went to see them a few times with him. They're, they're an interesting they're really fun to go and see live, yeah. but they're just so interesting. Um, and yeah, just kind of growing up, listening to a lot of Avril Lavigne, a lot of Busted. Cool, that's fine. A lot of um, Robots in Disguise, who are like this duo, punky female band that was like my musical inspiration for cool. ages. They they were really cool. They don't exist anymore. Yeah, I vaguely heard of them. Yeah, they were in the Mighty Boosh. Oh, they were those two women. The two in the women oh, yeah, okay. in the Mighty yeah, Boosh. Yeah, yeah. That kind of appeared every now and then, like yeah. in the goth episode and stuff. Cool. Yeah, no, they and they were in um, the Future Sailors episode. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they were just like my musical idols for like a few years, and I did I did some shows with them. I, well, I sort of like I went to see them, and like they recognized me 
from like YouTube videos I did of their songs, <laughs> and they were like, "Come on stage!" Wow. And then like they just, I, I think I've still got one of their phone numbers on my phone. That's amazing. But, um, That's yeah. cool. Like, so, yeah, like, I'm sure are they like um, kind of friends with Noel Fielding and stuff. Yeah. Right? All right. So kind of that kind of that kind of group Camden scene kind of thing. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And that was kind of like in an era of kind of mid 2000s. Yeah. Of. And yeah, that kind of scene of like indie stuff and kind mm. of that's DIY. Cool. Yeah, 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 DIY and kind of coming up through that Camden scene. But yeah. and then to like Avril Lavigne at the same time, like it's fine, <laughs> like absolutely fine. Like I own Let Go, like everyone, everyone does at that age. Such that a album's good album. so good though. It's such a good album. And it's, it's like, so I think it's a little bit later, but um, my friend Tim. It was sending me Snapchats yesterday because he just got the um, Panic at the Disco vinyl for the first album. Panic at the Disco, also a great band. Amazing band. <laughs> I was... <laughs> <laughs> I was... Um, this is. This seems like a strange tangent of a story, but uh, when I was up in Wrexham for Focus Wales um, a couple of weeks ago, Maddie Jones had convinced me and then I convinced the Bubble Rap Wales lot, mm-hmm. like Ivan Moult, uh, uh, Eugene Kappa, Roger Brooks, Brooks, uh, Rich Chitty, Sarah Owen. Like yeah. We yeah. and uh, anyway, um, we all went to this karaoke bar, <laughs> right? In Wrexham, which is like, if you know Wrexham, like to go to a karaoke bar in Wrexham is just kind of like such a weird, surreal experience. I've but, only ever been there once for Focus Wales, and yeah, I didn't really go to a karaoke bar. Yeah, so there's, <laughs> it's kind of, it's everyone should do it, and I'm sure like next year it'll just be full of people from Focus Wales, which might kind of ruin it because the the good thing about it was that it was like these really great musicians interspersed with just random people from Wrexham. <laughs> so, which was really great. And some Sounds guy, amazing. some kind of like quasi emo metal guy sang, I write since not tragedies. And I was like, yes. yeah, like he wasn't, he wasn't doing it very well, but no one does karaoke very well. No. But um, I forgotten who it was, but they were talking about Panic at Disco and go, oh yeah, like that, they're awful. Like, and I was like, how can you say how that? How can you say they're because awful? Because they're, 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 they're like five years older than me and they weren't in that generation. Like yeah. they weren't in the generation that kind of listened to those kind of lyrics. And, and it's the same with like Fallout Boy and stuff. Like that was kind and of- My Chemical Romance. Yeah. In let's, that less, less so My Chemical Romance for me. Like I Fair was enough. a bit more cynical about My Chemical Romance, especially Black Parade. I <laughs> <laughs> See, I was just in that time and age when like everyone was listening to Black Parade and I was just like, yeah. Mm, yeah we kind of <laughs> used to make fun of black parade at Teen Spirit. that's fine because <laughs> <laughs> um, it was quite yeah uh but panic that fever you can't sweat out is still such an amazing album it's like mm. for me it's kind of like about as important to uh modern music as uh, an album by this band called refused it's um refused it's like um kind of this really late punk hardcore punk band from sweden who actually influenced loads of people like paramore and fallout boy and things like that and it's their the album's called the shape of punk to come which actually turned out to be a self-fulfilling prophecy because it is it was the shape of punk yeah. to come, and all this kind of like hardcore and emo music did just arrive from that album and for me that panic of disco album is on a par with that refused album but a lot of people are going to go no it's not but it's like for <laughs> me it, for me it is because yeah. it kind of it's got a lot of those elements in it and you know, Brendan Urie's just got such an amazing voice. He does have an amazing voice. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I mean, I haven't been able to be quite as engaged with their, anything they've done since because that album is so perfect. Yeah. Like, it's just such a perfect of that time as well. Yeah. It's like, you're just, it's such nostalgia a kind of nostalgic. And, yeah. I'm, I'm not a massive fan of nostalgia, but it's like, it does just transport me straight back into being 14, 15 in high school. Yeah. It's like, wow, such a good <laughs> album. 
But yeah, so completely gone off on a tangent about... Yeah, what about, were we talking about? We were talking about, about Let Go, Avril Lavigne. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that links kind of... to my second question is, what was the first record you ever bought or owned? Ooh, that's such a difficult question because growing up I did buy like a lot of albums, but like I could never remember. I think the first one I remember is like Justin Timberlake. Justified, Justified, which is one of the best albums. I I, I, I will fight anyone that says yeah, otherwise. <laughs> I mean, all of the singles from that album are amazing. Like, I don't think I've listened to a lot of the rest of the songs of it, but like, Like I Love You, Cry Me a River. Oh, Cry, Cry Me a River. River. such a good song. Yeah. It's so underrated. Like, I mean, it, I know I know it wasn't at the time. It was everywhere at the time. Mm. But it was like, I used to watch loads of, like, music video channels. And I would never turn off Crime River. Because no. that video and that song is so good. So brilliant. Um, And it was kind of, yeah. <laughs> and it was such an obvious, like, stab at like, uh, Britney Spears. Yeah. And it was just so pop culture. And everything fitted together so it well. Just, it was kind of like, so, it was almost, like, so well rehearsed as well. Mm. It was like, it's brilliant. And, yeah, and... And Senorita is just such an yeah. amazing. Like even now, if you play it in in a club, Senorita. like and like like playing it and then dipping it when it go when it got the, got the call and response thing. It's so yeah. good. Um, it's and so it's brilliant. like it's funny because like I'll see eighteen year olds at a club and they will know that song even though they were like I don't even know like less than ten when it came out. Yeah. And, they, and because it's just it's such a long lasting song. It's like it is. It's one of those albums. I think that is just a bit of a classic like a pop classic yeah a now. modern pop classic yeah. yeah and i think you know people really underrate pop people are so cynical about it um and it's my pet peeve when people are like it's only pop yeah oh it's god pop is the pop is the pop is like the most refined you can get in music yeah and it's the most perfect you can get in music so why not and it's such an embrace art it? form yeah exactly. to create something that's so perfect and just like the perfect pop songs are so hard to write but like there are so many artists that do it so brilliantly. Yeah, and and producers as well. Yeah, like, and co-writers and just teams of people that are just so brilliant. At it. And you know, there's a there's a huge kind of thing when uh, they're comparing albums like like between the Beatles or like um, Beyonce's, album. and it's just like, oh my god, but you don't understand. They're completely like, different. It's that's the point. <laughs> like that's the point. Like that much collaboration between that many people is so amazing. Mm. It's absolutely fantastic, and it's just like it's not a negative thing. No, it's a positive thing. And like, if you can't embrace that, then fine, it's not made for you. Yeah, but let us enjoy it. And don't fucking don't whine shit about on it. it. Like. <laughs> I just hate the amount of people going on about, oh, Ed Sheeran's bloody everywhere. It's like, there's a, there's a reason for that. It's because people <laughs> like it. So stop it. Yeah. Like, yeah, not, I'm not that I'm a fan of Ed Sheeran. Yeah, not that I'm a fan of like modern Ed Sheeran. But like, we, I think me and Larry were talking about the other day that like his early stuff is great. And it's yeah. like, the roots of it are there. Like, and I enjoy the roots of it. But, yeah. you know, I can't, you can't move for people going, oh, I hate Mumford and Sons, I hate Coldplay. It's just like, <laughs> fine. Don't... Coldplay are brilliant. Well, yeah. Like, to see live anyway. I'm sure, yeah. Like, and you know, Because they've got so much experience and I, I still listen to, you know, um, Parachutes and Rush of Blood to the Head yeah. and stuff. They've like, got some great songs. Yeah, and yeah, it's just like, they, they learn from the best as well. So yeah. you can kind of, you can kind of see that. And, you know, I, first Mumford and Sons album is just amazing it's one of my favorite albums ever I think yeah and I, I mean Brilliant. that's that's probably I don't know well it's kind of because that was one of your big influences is Laura Marley yeah so it's kind of like that was kind of a probably like a 
yeah. a good era for you. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good era. But I think that was like a big part of the Ellie Makes Music thing. Mm. And um, I don't know, I've kind of like, my music tastes have varied so much now. Like, I still love Laura Matling. Yeah. Like, anytime, I've seen her live 12 times or something ridiculous like that. I love her to pieces. She always inspires me in so many ways. But it's not the kind of music that I want to make anymore. She's gone in a very different direction, which isn't the sort of thing that I could do. Mm. Like, her new album, Semper Femina, is just so, like, almost a bit jazzy. It's a bit of, like, a Court and Sparks kind of thing, like Joni Mitchell's. Yeah. I kind of see them as very similar. Maybe not in the, like, stylistically, but, like, she has gone a bit weird, which is great. Which is great. I love it. Which is what you're supposed to do when you're a yeah. musician. Like, why? Especially yeah. when you're on your sixth album. Yeah. <laughs> Like, go weird, or <clears throat> if you're weird, go pop. Yeah. Which, there's nothing wrong with that. No. And, like, because music has to change for it to stay interesting, and you have to experiment to kind of expand your horizons. And bands that just make the same music day in, day out bore me to tears. Yeah. Like, the Kasabians of the world. Kasabian, oh, like, Muse. Well, Muse. it's the thing with Muse is they... they just got gradually worse. Like yeah. I love early Muse. I've, Origin of Symmetry is one of those albums that's just yeah. just beats me around the head. But they every just time they I hear just it. tried to recreate that, but in a more complicated way, and it just doesn't work. They, well, it's just <laughs> Matt Bellamy wanting to be Freddie Mercury. It's yeah, just like, oh, God, no, you're not. I just can't. No one can be controversial Freddie. opinion. I really don't like Queen, but like, <gasps> but because <laughs> because I understand it's it's like it's like. I've got really kind of these opinions. People are like, why Why on earth would you think that? It's because I listen to so much modern music that everything I hear is derivative or influenced by earlier music. Yeah. So when I listen to earlier music, it's like, it's hard for me to listen to because I'm like, well, that's this, that's this, that's this. So it's like the Beatles, Queen, Rolling Stones, all things like that, Bob Dylan, kind of things like that. I understand. I appreciate the artistry. Just don't personally enjoy it. <laughs> and like whenever they play Bohemian Rhapsody in a, in a nightclub, I'm like... Shoot me now. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, yeah, fine. But... I, th- I, th- I think for me, though, I really like Queen because it is, like, really theatrical and mm. I was r- I'm was i really into, like, musical theatre and stuff. So, like, I when I listen to it, I'm just like, this is so drama. <laughs> I yeah, love it. Precisely. But, like, that's that's how I feel about Panic! at the Disco. It's like... Oh, yeah, they're, they're quite theatrical. They're amazing. Te- they had, like, cabaret yeah. artists in their first tour. It's like, that's, that's them. That, I Yeah, I understand the theatrics. And, again, I... I mean, I'm not as into musical theatre, but, like, uh, mm. I can find some of it a bit <laughs> tacky. Um, but, like, I love I love kind of more alternative musical theatre. Like, I love Cabaret and I love yeah. West Side Story and yeah. I love... Uh, no, I do, <laughs> I, but I do. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I like, know. Um, and I think if I really invested time in it, I'd love Hamilton. <laughs> but I haven't quite got there yet. No. It's kind of one of those things that I need time to appreciate, yeah. I think. Um, I think I need to go and see it to really appreciate it which i i am going to see it next year so. amazing yeah everyone talks about it being an experience and like yeah. i'm kind of i'm almost jealous of that yeah i feel <laughs> like i can't really listen to it and get the same you you, you can't no can you and it's no, but you can't. i mean but it's easier to do with things like wicked or whatever because like it is just the music like yeah but i think with hamilton because it's so alternative it's more of an like you go and see it and you're more immersed in it and you understand it more. Yeah. I don't know whether it, I mean, it's not just an American thing because it's like, it's so wrapped up in American identity. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just like, 
the idea of incorporating hip hop and stuff like that is like it's so genius. It's really, well, I mean, I mean, it's not the first time it's been done, but at the same time, it's you know, it's the first time it's been truly mainstream. I yeah, think that's really, really quite cool. But yeah, like relating musical theatre to, to oh, West Side Story. I love West Side Story. West Side and Story it's like is great. Sondheim and stuff like that. It's Sondheim, like, it's fantastic. Sweeney Todd. Do you like Sweeney Less Todd? Less so Sweeney Todd. <gasps> no, oh, I love Sweeney Todd because it was. I really can't like my one of my least favorite song in in West Side Story is Maria because well it's not it's not Maria's it's one of the other ones that is like a bit more like Maria Maria's good yeah. but like just some of, like the really kind of sickly ones get get me a bit <laughs> like like some of the yeah, some of the songs in Cabaret are a bit like like um, yeah. and I just like the kind of more edgy stuff that's and, fair yeah but because you know because that's how I'm an edgy person I'm so edgy man I'm so edgy uh, um, <laughs> So have you have you done musical theatre? Only like amateur stuff when I was yeah. younger, and I had like I went to some singing lessons, and my singing teacher had like a sort of school thing where we kind of did some musical theatre stuff. Mm-hmm. The thing that I really liked about that is like everyone at that school and my singing teacher knew that I was never really going to be a musical theatre star. <laughs> so they all kind of like when we the shows that we did, I would always be in like the chorus or something. Until we did, we were Rock You, and then I was like the villain. Which was great. <laughs> wow! And yeah. I got to sing all the like the badass Queen songs, nice. which was fun. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah, exactly. Then you precisely they turned Queen into a musical, which is so appropriate. So appropriate. Uh, yeah. And I was just thinking, like other other musicals are like uh, like Annie and Grease and um, Grease is the word. Yeah. Such a what an idea for a musical just to go. Yeah, let's plonk it in the in the seventies. Yeah. Like... I, I guarantee. There will be a Lady Gaga musical one day. I'm she sure. Is so yeah. theatrical. I mean, yeah, I mean, they turned Spice Girls into a musical. They turned not as successfully. Abba, though. yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. That that one didn't work so well, that did it? But like helped. Abba, definitely. <laughs> oh, like, Abba, yeah. yeah, Abba's, yeah. The fact that you can intersperse, intersperse, uh, in, <laughs> integrate, you know, pop music so well into into musical theatre, and you, you know, I'm yet to see a, a musical with rock music well no no as in not like kind of more alternative music i yeah. mean i'm sure it's possible but it's like yeah, um there was actually there was um uh saul williams is this kind of uh rapper and spoken word artist from america who i quite like um and he did a a musical based on tupac shakur like tupac's kind of music which yeah. i think is a really kind of you know you can do that you yeah. can integrate music and especially when it's something so lyrical like that it's yeah. kind of quite important to do that and it's but it's interesting because it's just a balance between getting musical theatre right between adapted stuff and then original stuff so Mm, that's important as well I kind of want to jump from that first musical stuff to how you started making music so um I just I remember when I was in primary school actually I was like a prefect and I would have to sit in the corridor and like make sure no one came in at lunchtime (laughs) and stuff and I would just I would be bored so I would start writing lyrics and then I started to learn how to play guitar um mostly self-taught I had lessons but it wasn't really the type of lessons I wanted so I learned how to play basic chords um and I started sort of teaching myself to finger pick and Mm. like started learning open tunings and then I just sort of started combining the two that's cool. Um, and just started doing that. Because I kind of always, like, I just always really liked singing. And I felt like it was one of the only things I was good at. <laughs> so I just kind of went with it and just started writing songs. Um, and it's sort of just become a natural progression. Yeah. Until now. 
That's cool. And then, so that was kind of writing writing your own music from in primary school. Well, in, in yeah, but it was it was really bad. Well, yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's, it it always is when you start off. If you don't, if you what kind of music were you listening to along the same time? Do, do you oh, remember? like the sort of like Justin Timberlake, Avril Lavigne kind of thing. I and guess. that was influencing you to write lyrics. Yeah, I guess so. But they were all like, you know, like love songs from I was like ten years old. Yeah, and didn't know well, what love is. I mean, <laughs> it's fine as long as you can kind of interpret it and then and then relate it to real life experiences later on. You know, yeah. you kind of got to exercise that muscle as soon as possible, I think. And yeah, you know, the I feel like the greatest musicians did start when they were really young, but then again, some of them started later on and didn't realize their potential. Potential, until but they were older. also had a lot of influence from things around them. And I think you know, either way is good. Yeah, but. The middle ground is not no. <laughs> like if you just decide you want to be a musician at 20 then you, you're doing it wrong yeah like you have to kind of yeah either evolve into it or yeah, yeah either evolve into it or yeah be yeah, just, around there's it for some a long people time. that just do it all for the wrong reasons precisely so that was kind of like you you writing music and then you putting it to acoustic stuff and mm-hmm. then and then recording it yourself yeah and then soon. And then soon. Um, I did do a bit of recording actually with Eugene Kapper. Oh, really? Yeah, because he, he was at um, he was at university at the atrium. Okay. And um, I think he just messaged me and found me on MySpace or something. I think this was after soon. MySpace. And we like we did a few like a few songs together, like he did for one of his assessments that never ended cool. up seeing the light of day. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's a but shame. um, yeah, it was really fun to work with him. Eugene's fun. I haven't seen yeah. him for so long. Oh uh, yeah, I, I think I saw him at Art Car Boutique actually, just very briefly the other weekend, and yeah. then I saw him at Wrexham. Yeah, their their band's very interesting. I really <laughs> want to see the progression of that, um, yeah. Eugene and and Rodri. Um, I don't know how soon after soon <laughs> you started doing stuff in youth centres. Oh, I I don't know really. I mean, I think the youth centre sort of things I did were always with like Rob mm. actually, and I think it was always just sort of like being asked by Rob. Okay. I think that was, yeah. I mean, I've still got demos on my computer from you, I think, in Trelai Youth Centre. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I did. Trelai Youth Centre was through somebody else. I, I did, like, these summer school things that were, okay. like, rock band things. Oh, would, yeah, like, yeah. get put into rock bands and, like, meet people. Yeah. And I think I got connected with Trelai, like, through that. I really love embracing kind of young musicians because you know that's where a lot of musicians i love started and yeah. i think it's really important to support them like that and youth centers are really good for that and unfortunately yeah, they're yeah, they're past kind of... five six years they have been in decline and, and you know it's kind of they yeah. do exist in some form but um and the fact that you've got these demos that i can still listen to from mm. youth center is really kind of quite cool i mean yeah. i'm sure you wouldn't want to listen to them now but like i still <laughs> really enjoy those songs and it's like oh, thank you and so then from then, yeah, like you said, to do with Rob, um, uh, you entered the Battle of the Bands. Yeah. I don't know if it was the big gig by that I, point. Uh, yeah, I did. It was the big gig. Yeah. So you didn't enter the one before? No, I don't think so. Okay. I can't remember my head. Yeah. So that was jumble. that was when I was involved in it and, and kind of looking after that side. And it yeah. was through the youth clubs, I think. I can't remember where you were playing, actually. But yeah, so long ago, like I'm not gonna remember that. It's like almost like <laughs> I almost like forgot about it until so you mentioned it. I was yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, I yeah, that, I did that that whole thing. And then um, so you kind of went through the heats of that, and then the semi final and the final yeah. ended up playing in the Globe. Yeah, kind of next to 
a, a very varied artist, which is quite cool yeah. to kind of those things. And Battle of the Bands kind of get looked down on. But when they're done well... When they're done well, they're brilliant. Because, yeah, you can get some... The thing with Battle of the Bands is I hate it when it's like an audience vote. Yeah. Because that's always just which band is the most popular. And if there's like four or five people in the band, they're going to have all their family, all their friends. Yes. And when you're a solo artist... It's impossible. Yeah, it's exactly. It's just impossible to and, get anywhere. And that's kind of like related to the Cardiff Music Awards because like the first year I did it was completely audience vote and it was yeah. like certain artists would just sweep the board in that sense but then having judges a judge element of it you kind of get that experience behind it and you yeah. kind of assign a bit more but that was so that was 2009 2000 yeah 2009 2010 I think maybe you'd, you'd played at the Under Construction Festival as well which is yeah else I was that involved was in. again through Rob yeah you. yeah um you kind of getting your footing in and then... Yeah, and I guess I'd kind of been playing around as well. I don't know if it was around the same time, I think it was. Like, playing at, um, like, 10 Feet Tall and places like Buffalo, sort of with Liz, Liz Hunt. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. And, and Kaylee. Yeah. Like, they would sort of, like, book me to do the odd show. Like, I supported cool. Lucy Rose through them and things like oh, that. Oh, that's great. It's, yeah. like, it's so nice when those things happen. It's just like, <clears> oh, yeah, like, yeah. having... you. you because I was in the band for a bit and you support bands that go on to do really cool things and you're like, whoa, yeah, and that's you're just cool. just like, oh, I, I support them yeah, last yeah. week. Now they're doing this. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, we, we supported a band called Spectres from Bristol and now they're like... Yeah, I've heard of Spectres. Yeah, they're, they're so crazy but like amazing <laughs> at the same time. And like, I'm just kind of quite proud that we did that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they said we sounded like Pulled Apart by Horses and I was like, yes. Nice. <laughs> but so, yeah, so you kind of did that for quite a while. Was there anything like significant then that happened during that time? Or um, I mean, I don't know. I, I was just kind of like playing shows like all the way through high school, like yeah. playing shows that I was supposed to be eighteen to do. Yeah, but, yeah, like, that's, that's the thing I was about to say. Was like, I'm sure <laughs> that could have been difficult at a certain point. Like... I guess, yeah. I mean, but it was always the ones that I was doing. It was always like with Liz or Kaylee, yeah. and they would always just be like, I was always Look with my mum yeah, yeah. as well. So they were always just like, it's fine, you can stay as long as you don't drink. And yeah. it's like, I'm not going to. Um, but then eventually I just, I found my manager, Rhiannon. Oh, yeah, And yeah. that was, um, funnily enough, that was like by going to see Charlotte Church shows when she was doing her like original material. Her like Issues EPs. and tissues. No. no. Oh, it's no, the her later, cooler stuff. The cooler stuff. <laughs> the cooler <laughs> stuff. We don't um, talk about that era. We don't talk Church. about that era. <laughs> Love you, Charles. Um, and yeah, and I just met Ree through that because Ree was managing her at the time, mm. and I Ree was selling her merch, and she's just like, "You only mix music." And yeah. I was like, "Yeah." And now she's my manager, and we've been working together for a few years. It does go to show that if you put yourself out there, you are going to get noticed by people. Yeah, it's perseverance and just sort of paying your dues almost. Because I I know a lot of people that kind of do shows and get really despondent because they're like, "Oh, no one cares about me. Yeah. No one cares," and I'm like. But the whole point is I was doing this for like three or four years, like just playing shows to sometimes nobody, mm. sometimes lots of people. It was just one of those things like you just have to keep doing it or otherwise you're not going to get anywhere. It happens. It's like if you're playing a show to five people, <laughs> one of those five people might see you in next show and it's like yeah. and bring their friends. And it's or one of those five people might be an A&R guy. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever. Yeah. And it's. It is important to carry on in, like, you shouldn't feel disheartened by things. and yeah. But then at the same time, if something isn't working, you need to kind of... You need you, to, like, be smart Yeah, make it. yourself aware of it. I think a lot of what happens with a lot of musicians is they don't understand how they can change and improve. Mm. And I think you really have to 
be self-aware and you also have to know your strengths as well yeah you know have to know what makes you good like because otherwise if you don't understand what makes you good then you don't know what to focus on yeah it's like (laughs) something i have a real issue with is people not feeling good enough about themselves i think it's a very british thing Or maybe even more specifically a Welsh thing. It's like because Richard Burton has, has this quote: um, "If you show a Welsh man every door available, he will always want go through the one marked self destruction." <laughs> Which I love. It's such a good quote. It's like oh, so true. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's it's so easy to kind of get bogged down in in your failures, uh, as, mm. especially as a musician, because they are. It's so difficult to see the successes yeah. and it's a very, it's often a very gradual thing. And, you know, a lot of the solutions that people think of is, oh, you should go on The Voice or you should go on X Factor. And it's like, oh, the amount of times I get told that and I hate it. Because that's not how it works. No. Like, if you look at the biggest stars going, how many of them came, like, okay, fine, One Direction. But like, again, they didn't even win the X Factor, did yeah. they? They like, that was down to the fact that so many people were interested in what they yeah. were doing and you know like yes they were put together by simon cowell which is like he's kind of like <laughs> the devil <laughs> the devil yeah uh <laughs> less said about that the better. Like, yeah like ed sheeran would play 300 shows a year yeah and would sleep on his friends sofas yeah and and, and now he's one of the biggest stars in the world yeah. adele played to 20 people in buffalo bar mm-hmm. which is the thing i always quote and yeah if you don't put that work in exactly it's like Memphis and Sons and Laura Marlin going back to them like they put on their own nights with like all their friends and it became like a cult thing that people yeah. went to and that's how they got big you've got a somebody once told me that you need to create your own luck and I think that's like one of the things that's Precisely. always you stuck in the back of my don't, head like, don't wait around to get signed yeah don't wait around for things you've just got to do especially your own thing. in this era you don't need a record label like no you don't like Chance the Rapper is one of the most successful well yeah Macklemore and Chance the Rapper, both yeah. independent, both unsigned, both selling millions of well, I don't know about millions of records, but like <laughs> definitely selling a lot of records, a like lot of records. and winning Grammys and like you, I mean, not that Grammys mean anything, but it's no, it's nice. Uh, <laughs> it's nice to be recognised, even if it doesn't really. Yeah, and mean if you're anything. an independent artist, it's like it's, it's nice even be better. Yeah, yeah. you don't need record labels anymore, but you know they help. They help, especially money wise. Yeah, help. <laughs> they help, but it's like you know a lot a lot more of it now comes from unfortunately branding and advertising and things like that but yeah. you know that's what you ha- if you, that's what you have to do to get by then that's what you have to do to get by and you know you shouldn't feel reserved about doing those things and no. you know i think you know especially it relates to you because you were on an advert yeah, yeah. i was on the peacock's christmas advert. yeah which is lovely which is lovely <laughs> which is a nice little bit of money exactly and is. a bit of promo and it was really good yeah i really and, enjoyed it but there's nothing wrong with that no like, if anything like I always think like because people say you don't earn money from like selling records anymore. Mm. Like one of the one of the places that you can earn money is synchronization like yeah. that. That's how I got money to do a lot of the stuff I've now done. Yeah. And then radio play like it's a great way to earn money, but radio I guess is kind of declining as well. Well, I hope it isn't. I hope it isn't. You know, it's not something I listen to all the time. But like I said, I was listening to Adam Walton last night, and it's such a great way for. The- to hear new music because yeah. it's like it's cherry picked and it's like you're not having to listen to people's sound clouds and it's kind of you know yes there is some stuff that's not so great but then there's some stuff that's great like i will go away after an adam Model show liking four or five new artists mm. and then that's 
that's really yeah. important like especially for someone in my position who can kind of maybe do something about that yeah and you know we need those radio shows and we need bbc introducing we need um definitely definitely and unfortunately like the money isn't there for those kinds of things and it yeah. needs to be and it needs to come it's also to do with you know council funding and government funding which is obviously yeah. getting cut more and more every day i mean if we want to get political vote <laughs> for a party that's going to support like the music yeah. industry this Kevin is going to come out, yeah, a long time after the election, I'm afraid. So uh, kind of can't really change anyone's minds at this point. No, but we hopefully can't. things will go all right. It's looking optimistic at the moment, but I'm still... It is looking optimistic. I'm, I'm, Me and my, my housemate's boyfriend talk about it all the time. And we're always like, it could happen. It could. But let's not get let's, our hopes up. Yeah. But it could happen. I think it's going to be a lot better than the last election. That's what I'm yeah. going to say. But I don't, I honestly am not. I don't know. I don't know what to believe because the th the thing is with polls and the press, like mm. you can't believe any of it. It's Look, all just yeah. There's so many shy Tories. <laughs> yeah, there's so many shy Tories that yeah. are just going to be like, yeah, I'm fine, Labour, yeah. and then and they then won't they go. Nope, it's a bit of a mess at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit, like even in Cardiff, it's a bit of a mess. It's like, where well, I it's kind of wanted to get out of the way and then know what where we stand and then move forward from there. I think that's kind of the most important thing at the moment. Yeah. I mean, try as hard as we can to kind of campaign. Unfortunately, I'm not as free to do that at the moment, but I, I do have tried. <laughs> it's going completely off subject. Here. I know, we always, we keep going off on tangents. It's fine. It's what podcasts do. It's yeah. fine. It's absolutely <laughs> fine. And I, there is always editing. Um, editing. So yeah, so you're doing this um, kind of solo acoustic stuff for quite a while. And then, you know, went and got, got a manager and did, support shows for people like lucy rose yeah. is there any other sh big shows that you can remember that were kind of significant for you um i honestly can't remember now like the early makes music stuff has kind of all been squashed out of my head to be honest <laughs> i kind of yeah i've been focusing so much on my it's new good stuff. that's good it's like not to dwell on the past i mean yeah you, I, can, I can go back and listen to old band demos and go oh that was interesting at the time but then you kind of move forward and go yeah. if i'm if i what if i was doing that now i wouldn't be able to do all this yeah. other stuff and but yeah, I can't remember now, but I definitely supported like some really cool people that like, I was really And you like did collaborations like people like Rusty Shackle and yeah. like did yeah, shows. I, with... I did a lot of shows with Rusty Shackle. Yeah, and did shows with Kitty Crawford and, and stuff Sean like that. And Sean and Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, oh yeah, Sean Russell Jones and like it is good to have that kind of community in Cardiff and yeah. South Wales and around. Um but then you went to uni did you go straight to uni after high school? No, I, I took a year off after I did sixth form um, and then took a year off and worked. And that's when I recorded um, my first EP, yeah. which I did with um, Lee House at Acapella Studios. Yeah. I did that and just sort of like, then I went to uni and like had an EP. It's like, I often, I missed a lot of house parties because I was playing shows, <laughs> <laughs> which is one slight regret that I have, but not really. Not like, it's just a regret in that, like, yeah. there's always stories that my yeah, friends that's say. True. Yeah, that's true. Like, oh, remember when so-and-so got so drunk? And yeah. I'm like, oh, I wasn't there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a balance. You kind of got to balance those those house parties because songs could come out of house parties quite I easily. Know. Yeah. But that's, that was the thing. I just, I kind of thought like, I'm here to do a music course. Like, it's good to be playing shows. Yeah, it kind of it put me in a better position, really. I think that's what a lot of people in go to university and they need to understand that. I, guess, oh God, I feel like really preachy doing this, but when you go <laughs> to university, you need to understand that ninety percent of what you get from university is what you put into it. Yeah, that's yeah. You're not unfortunately you're not paying three grand or nine grand a year, depending on where you live, um, <laughs> to get people to teach you how to 
be a functioning member of society you're doing that to use the resources there that they're available to you definitely and you know with a lot of these especially with a course like so you did song it's called commercial music okay um and it's like i'm on a four-year strand of it well a lot of my friends just did the three-year like ba yeah. i'm doing this integrated master's thing which i've almost finished i've got Wicked. a deadline on monday or tomorrow yeah oh, God. um <laughs> Um, it's like I've practically finished though. Yeah, it's commercial music and it's just literally everything. Like you learn, there's production modules, there's songwriting, there's journalism. Okay. You have to edit your own videos. We planned a tour and went on the tour and wow. we got like, we got given like money each to like go and do it. Okay. Um, like we got, we, I learned so much on this course, but it is literally everything you have to put the work in. Mm. Like we don't have a lot of contact hours. Yeah. You don't with point, that kind of thing. No. The whole point is that you go and you'll have a lecture and they'll go, okay, you've got to go off and record an EP now. Yeah. So then you don't really have lectures because you're meant to be working on that. Yeah. But then you have like options to go and have a tutorial to get yeah. help. You don't have to have You lectures. have the resources there and it's how you use them, I think. Yeah. You know, and with the course like mine, I did live event technology, and we had probably the highest number of contact hours you can get on a university course. Yeah. But even then, you still have to go out and do the yeah, work. Yeah, even then, you have to do this. Like stuff. all the people on my course who had side jobs doing sound or lighting or video are the people who still got those jobs. Yeah. And all the people that didn't bother doing that don't. Yeah. <laughs> so you you have to kind of have that balance, even if your lecturers say, "Oh, don't get a job," and I'm just like no I'm gonna get a job because I'm not gonna get the right experience doing it otherwise and yeah like the fact you went out and did shows instead of like yeah um you know just relying on the course itself it's like it's a really good way of interpreting that and so one thing I would say about my course though is like this is not a criticism of my course at all it was more criticism of me like we had production modules but I I found them so difficult because a lot of the people on my course were so good at production already mm. and I was just not. That then when we were in bands and we had to record an EP, the people in my band that were good at production did all the production. Mm. And I was just like, it's fine, I'll do everything else. Now I've got, con- gotten to a point where I, like, I can't really produce stuff. I don't know how to do anything. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always nice to play to your strengths, but at the same time you do have to kind of learn those kind yeah. of work out those holes. Like it is a really kind of, it's not, it's not an art form, it's a... Well, it can be an art it form. Can be, it's, but, it's a balance, yeah. I think. Um, I I really don't like people who see it in one way or the other. Like, yeah. if you don't know what you're doing technically, then it can sound dreadful. But if you don't know what you're doing artistically, it can sound dreadful. Like, yeah. they you have to have a balance between them, and like yeah. really dislike producers or musicians who don't understand that because then you just end up with weird sounding music. Yeah, <laughs> um, it can either be really bland or it can be really hard to listen to and yeah so there is that balance but it it's it's something that does take a lot of practice mm. um and i think but i also think it's really important for musicians musicians to learn about and not have to rely on other people yeah because um not only can you then do it yourself but you can also understand it, what's happening when someone else is doing it mm-hmm. like i mean my level of studio understanding has a limit like because i didn't study how to work in a studio so like yeah. i will not understand how certain things in the studio work but at the same time to understand the fundamentals and maybe it's understand a bit more than the fundamentals that can really help musicians know how to craft their music and then continue in that in that pattern and understand when things are going right when things understand when things are going wrong yeah and you know you can get reaper for free it's (laughs) it's fine it's easy and you, you can we can explore the internet for more expensive solutions that maybe aren't so expensive uh, (laughs) so that's how I learned (laughs) yeah yeah I need to I need to learn but again it can be so subjective and you know one person's production production idea is 
different to others and yeah you always have one person saying oh this sounds good and other people going i don't understand why you did this but it's a matter of taste it's it's like music it's a matter of taste yeah a lot definitely. of the time production like i can't listen to some records because the production is so strange on them <laughs> it's just like really difficult like um yeah. i don't like them as much anymore i guess because i've kind of grown out of it a bit um but i really like incubus okay and then the lead singer brandon boyd uh put out his first record and he kind of self-produced it but he put loads of distortion on it and like mm. kind of like really drove the levels yeah. I, and he said he'd done it on purpose and i was like i'm not sure about mm. that and i just can't listen to it because it just to me it, it just sounds technically sound wrong yeah. and it's like it's not even the fact that it's like this like distorted on purpose it just sounds technically wrong yeah. and i think you know artists need to kind of get that balance and i don't know um but i there it's all yeah i don't know i think it's it's good that you understand though that you need to learn production yeah it is just kind of like i was in i remember being in first year like sitting in the lecture and like literally everyone or pretty almost everyone had done like a music tech a level mm. and i had just done a music a level and not done particularly well at it on that hand as well and just sort of being sat there like i have no idea what's going on and they would kind of a lot of people around me would be like oh we've done this before yeah. and then i would just be like i've never done this yeah. before <laughs> and it was just yeah it was too i didn't learn anything <laughs> And I feel bad saying that because I love my lecturer, but yeah. he tried so hard. <laughs> uh, I know. It's it's funny. It's like I'm pretty, a lot of the stuff I learned about rigging just because completely got went one in the air uh, out the other, like yeah. the same like electronic stuff, just because like it was hard to grasp and like it, it happens with everything. But yeah. if you can understand it, I mean, there's plenty of resources available. And yeah, I'm going to look into it when I move. You're literally finishing your course? Literally. My deadline is tomorrow. <laughs> What, what else have you got left to do? That's, that's my last deadline. Yeah. I just have to graduate. Okay. But the thing, this deadline has been like, we had to do a major project over mm. this year, which is worth 60% of this year. And I did Little Red stuff. So literally everything I've done, all the music I've done, all the co-writes I've done, the music videos, any reviews, any gigs, I'm just submitting all of that. That's cool. So I've just had to do like a write-up about it, all right. which I've done i just need to check it over and then submit it nice it's an interesting way of being creative because at the same time like you're being creative but to a point where it has to be assessed yeah and I it's guess. it's not that it's limiting it's that it's actually making you try and work harder and you're not yeah. like you're not going oh that's good enough because you're trying to get yeah. it as good as possible but i think i think the good thing about what i've done this year as well like as my lecturer said to me like i would have been doing this anyway mm. like even if I had graduated last year, I would still be doing Little Red stuff. I would still be doing all of these songs. It just maybe would have, I don't know, I maybe wouldn't have, like, stressed about it as much. <laughs> but, like... But then, then at the same time, you've got more motivation to do it. Yeah, You've got exactly. a different source of motivation. I mean, And resources at university to yeah, do precisely, loads yeah. of things. Like, the, the live video I did of Hell recently wouldn't have happened without my university because, like, everyone who worked on it with me were either still on my course, mm. like doing the masters, or had graduated. So we were all we all worked together on it. That's cool. Really yeah, good. and it's like that's a cool way of collaborating, especially like going from Cardiff to Bath and kind of yeah taking a step out of your comfort zone. Yeah, and like I think that's really kind of it is brave. Like <laughs> for for me, like my course was it was in Cardiff, so and I didn't want to do another like the only other course that would have been available to me was Leeds, but you needed the science A level. Mm. So like it was just a coincidence that I stayed in Cardiff to do it. 
at the same time I had a lot of friends already around me and we we collaborated on things in yeah. Cardiff and I think it's quite difficult to do that to kind of step outside of those boundaries like mm-hmm. and go into a new city so I think that's kind of it's quite an interesting thing and it does maybe shape you differently yeah um so maybe that's why that's one of the reasons you kind of moved on yeah I think so I think a, a lot of my reaction to you kind of changing your name was was literally the name it was like Ellie Makes Music seems like quite a it was nice. Childish. Tw- quite twee and childish, though. Well, and like, in my kind of... defense, I did come up with it when I was like 12. Exactly. And when I made my first MySpace page, like my brothers introduced me to MySpace and was like, look, you can do music yeah. things. And I was like, I'm going to make a page. Yeah. So, Ellie, yeah. Ellie makes music. It's kind of like just that kind of thing you kind of go and, oh, that's yeah. it. And then you have to call yourself that for the next however many and years. And that's the thing. I just kind of got stuck with it. And then going to record labels and publishers and, and then like, being like, we really like the music, but, but what like is the, the rest yeah, of this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So kind of changing that and also having that coincide with the new sound is like yeah. quite important. And I think, yeah, you could kind of make that distinction quite easily. Maybe you'll kind of confuse people, but fine whatever like because when i first saw it i think like you invited me to like the page and i was like what what is what is this what what is this is this like a new band or a new collaboration it's kind of and then you made it apparent i think that's kind of that's quite helpful um yeah yeah like with with name changes it's kind of it's either you're just changing it for uh, some reason or it's a gear shift and it's like and i think that's kind of quite quite important to make that distinction yeah so we're kind of that's where we are now Mm -hmm. what is on the horizon what is on the horizon well um i've just released two singles um hell and what love is and then i've got a third one that's going to be coming out sometime in the near future um it's not like finished yet we've i've just got like a mix of it Hmm. need to do a few more things to it um and then over the summer i want to do um an ep and those three songs will probably be on the ep and we'll add like another three okay something like that well yeah because i was going to ask why did you think about doing singles rather than doing an EP? Well, um, I signed to Sarah Howell's Bride's record label. Oh, cool. Yeah, I work, I'm working with her um, on Seahorse Music, it's called. Um, and she kind of advised that we just do the singles so that we could see, like... Gauge the reaction. Gauge the yeah. reaction. So we thought we would just do three singles because really most people, like, they'll go on Spotify and just listen to yeah. a song. Or it'll be in a playlist. Yeah, like. I think that's that's a real kind of shift in a direction now. I think getting on a playlist helps so much. Yeah, like, it um, does. I was supposed to have a recording with uh, this girl from Cardiff called Hannah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like, I, I don't know what happened. I think it was kind of like we were both not very organised and it didn't happen, but You're hopefully right. that happened soon. Um, but one of her songs ended up on like a chill playlist and now she's got like 20,000 listeners on Spotify. And yeah. you go, whoa. And then you listen to her music and you go, yeah that's fair sense. enough that's yeah like <laughs> and the fact that those are kind of so important now like people will just like go they're so important like you used to have like obviously radio pluggers still exist they're mm. still a thing but, but now, now there are spotify pluggers. there are spotify pluggers that's a completely new avenue to it's, go into yeah and it's like it's something i kind of go maybe i should do this clip but like i don't know how many people would pick up on that but yeah. i think it's it is really kind of a new direction and, and the fact that you kind of do that but yeah you're right having singles on spotify I think it's kind of a new thing mm. because I I talk about it all the time. We're like <laughs> we're in the shuffle generation now, yeah, like where definitely. where people don't. I think there is a certain percentage of people who do sit down and listen to a record, or like I typically do it now because I've got a car and I don't have 
I've got a CD player rather than uh, my <laughs> my iPod doesn't have a my, the doesn't the skip next button doesn't oh, right. work. So the only way I can skip it is if I'm listening to headphones and I skip it that yeah. way. So I can't go through shuffle as easily as I could. I can do it on Spotify, but like obviously I don't I don't have time to sit down and have yeah, yeah, yeah. it's confusing. So like I do listen to records all the way through at the moment, yeah. but a lot of people don't. I think mm. only people, the only people who do are fuddy duddies like me <laughs> and um, people who listen to vinyl. Yeah. But vinyl is very difficult to get into if you're an independent musician because there's so many costs behind oh, it. So expensive. Yeah. And like I was talking to Tetrahex, the Jack, the other day and he was saying he's making cassettes and I don't I didn't understand why people make cassettes but he was saying because it's it's like vinyl but it's not as expensive it's yeah. much easier to do and yeah but vinyl so I think you know cassettes is the new is the underground kind of unsigned version yeah, of vinyl but I struggle with cassettes yeah though. I mean it's 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 a hard concept to grasp especially for me from a technical point of view because I don't see any technical merit in vinyl but in in well, and in vinyl in cassettes as well and um you know it's so hard to get vinyl done and you need to have a certain amount you need to guarantee people are going to make yeah. it and like because uh, i really wanted to do a vinyl but it was just too expensive and me and sarah and re talked about it and we were just like we're not going to get the money back no, if we do this you're not unless you do a massive order and you know that all of those people are going to buy it there's yeah. no point making vinyl like yeah. it's the sort of thing you need to like build up and like get an audience before you can even start to think about but it but working with junior bill so many people are like have you got a, have you got a vinyl that's like, the thing junior bill like could totally do it yeah because... but we just haven't got them. no i know you haven't like, but... we're putting it into a film like let's not yeah, worry about that, vinyl. that's though. already like a big yeah challenge. i think i think maybe <clears throat> i did float the idea past them of doing it and i think it's it's just an album thing. It's just going to be an album thing. We're going to have to like really, really plan ahead to do it. Yeah. Because yeah, you're right. I, I think a lot of people who are interested in that kind of music do want it on vinyl, and that will open it up as well into DJs yeah. who play on vinyl. I think maybe it is nice to have vinyl and have those big records because you are kind of getting back to a physical world. But at the same time, you can just throw it on a Spotify playlist and listen to it and find because Discover Weekly. It's Discover amazing. Weekly is amazing. It's amazing. Discover Weekly and Release Radar is how I've gotten a lot of my plays it's, on Spotify. It, but that's 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 the new. Unfortunately, that's the new kind of way we listen to music. And, yeah. I mean, not unfortunately, but like there are downfalls to that as well. There because are. Then, because then you are kind of a relying on computers to kind of curate your music taste for you, and b who are these people who make these playlists? It's yeah. like are they trendsetters? Are they just people like just random people? Like who knows? Like I know that. Um, Originally Beats Music, it was called, and now it's Apple Music because they integrated. That was their idea, but it just didn't take off. But yeah. The, you know, I think I said this the other day as well. Like, if you had told me five years ago that Spotify, a streaming service called Spotify was going to overtake iTunes and Apple in the way, in like being the main resource for people's music, I'd be like, no way, that's not going to happen. I know. But Spotify me, just do it so much better, though. I know, but they don't. Well, the thing is, I was, I was going to say they don't, it doesn't generate much money, but then it actually it's a lot better than it used to be like, yeah and I, mean, I think it can only get better yeah when they when because i've seen like spotify started as like this independent company mm. didn't it so like they've grown so much they've still got so much more growing to do whereas Definitely, apple yeah. music like just kind of sucks yeah but like it's like <laughs> apple doesn't need any more money so it's not really worried about yeah they're not I mean, they don't really care about it i'm much. really i really don't like 
the fact that Apple aren't making iPods anymore because mm. they are so focused on streaming and it's like they won't make iPods anymore. That's like that's their plan. And that yeah. really frustrates me because I like owning a music collection rather than having it streamed. Yeah, that was the one thing I liked. Like, I thought Apple Music was going to be good because I really like the idea of being able to combine my iTunes library mm. with that. But then I just didn't like Apple Music. Like, yeah. it was really buggy. Yeah. And there were loads of problems with it. And then Spotify have their, like, curated playlists, yeah. which I think are great. And I really like just sort of trolling through playlists. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's just like, what mood am I in? Oh, I just listen to kind of, like, instrumental sure. stuff or, like, <laughs> and then kind of hip-hop and then, like, things like that. And, yeah, yeah, yeah you, like, you have to skip through past some stuff. But, you know, why... It's just, it's so easy to do. And, like, yeah. I can just sit down and listen to Discover Weekly and go, I like that, I don't like that. Uh, that to my songs that I play and then I'll it's just like it's kind of a new era of that kind of thing and mm. that's what you kind of have to play to and I think yeah. with doing that with singles is quite good so EP yeah. on Horizon yeah I'm, I think I'm going to be doing an EP so you, and you're doing a show in Cardiff next Wednesday this, this podcast is going to go out way later yeah than that. But you, sorry uh, guys you've missed sorry. it are you playing Secret Garden Party I am Party? playing Secret wow, Garden Party that's on cool. like a little cafe stage oh, that, but um, still it's nice my to kind boyfriend's of, yeah. band is playing mm. so and then the person who was like booking them was like oh I like Little Red too can she play mm. and then I got on that like that's that cool. way and then there's a few bands from my course that are doing it as well so it's going to be a big big party yeah, that's nice. which will be nice and I, I think that's kind of like one of those festivals that's small enough to really enjoy yeah because I'm not a huge fan of like festivals in general like I just hate the camping yeah <laughs> I hate toilets yeah we're uh, lucky, like, the stage you're playing on, they've got showers and stuff, nice. so we can be... Yeah, I think, and, like, with smaller festivals as well, you've got less horribleness, I think. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, like, we, we we went to Truck Festival last year, and that was small enough to really be enjoyable, and, like, yeah. you can get from one stage to another with no problem, and, yeah, yeah Secret Garden Party seems like a really nice thing. Yeah. Um, what else am I doing? Yeah, are you doing anything um, post 26th of July? <laughs> um, I'm playing... I'm playing at the Big Kutch in September. Cool, yeah. But I think that's the only thing I've you, really got confirmed. Are you, you playing Hub Festival? Yes, I am playing Hub yeah, Festival. Hub Festival, wicked. Hub Festival and Big Kutch, those are the only things I've okay, really got confirmed. Okay, so make sure you go and see Little Red then. Because uh, like we said earlier, your recorded music is kind of quite different to your live kind of thing. And they're both yeah. quite good <laughs> thank you <laughs> no, sorry I'm, I'm trying no. to sort of like blend them together a bit more though i'm gonna try and by then hopefully i'll have sort of sorted things out yeah more. i mean what i like about uh that kind of thing is differentiating between um live stuff and and recorded stuff because you can do so much more with recorded stuff but then the energy when you play something live is quite interesting as well yeah. so i think kind of having that difference between the two makes it quite interesting because you will buy a record from a band and it will, might sound completely different from the live experience yeah. and that might be a good thing but it also might you know might be, might be yeah. a bad thing but like <laughs> it depends on like but sometimes it's the other way around where I was like where I get a record from a band and then go and see them live I'm like this isn't very this good this isn't very good <laughs> at all um, but you know that kind of thing happens uh, quite a lot uh, so the, the so I asked those first two questions at the start and then the, the last two I asked last two questions so what's a kind of record or song or something you've been listening to a lot recently ooh what have I been or listening enjoying to a lot, a lot. Not, not necessarily listening to a lot yeah um, oh, I really like Lord's new stuff yeah do you like Lord I, I do I love Lord's that, that album was on quite a, quite a heavy con- 
rotation. Yeah. Pure heroin. Um, yeah, I really like Green Light. I really like Liability. I haven't heard the new song yet. I really like the new song. It's it's a bit more straight poppy kind of stuff. Okay. But it's like, I really like the lyrics. She makes a lot of references. To, she, well, she makes a reference to like David Bowie dying. Oh, really? And like sort of losing your mind and having like a terrible year and just like getting really <laughs> uh, drunk. 2016. And- and just yeah, it's basically a summary of 2016 in a pop song. I I do really like it. Yeah, there's um Chroma is this band from um Ponty and like I've worked with them a bit recently. Um, they've got a song called Cloudu 2016. I can't remember what Cloudu means, but it's basically <laughs> about like Brexit and the Tories and stuff like that. Yeah, and they're, like yeah, yeah. I think she, she like this. Her new song's got like a like a lyric that's something like I hate the headlines and I hate the weather. <laughs> it's, it's just all the headlines yeah. about trump and then all of yeah. the really hot weather yeah lord is um one of those interesting artists that kind of you go you're how old yeah what? like yeah, when the, the lyric up... is literally i hate the headlines i hate the weather i'm 19 and i'm on fire yeah <laughs> and like, I'm like yeah that's so good yeah when she brought up pure heron she was 16 <sighs> and i'm just like oh no makes like, me angry oh, that's so good <laughs> like yeah she did she did do co-writes but at the same time like you can't have that sort of personality and be manufactured. It's like, yeah. she's so good and like so weird and so good at the same yeah. time. So popular. I love her. Yeah, and like, you know, people made fun of that Royal song, but like, it's such a good song. It's a good song. And like, um, White Teeth Teens and, oh God. So I love her. Uh, Buzz Cut Season. Such mm-hmm. a great song. Oh God, that album is fantastic. And like, <laughs> I was a bit, I was a bit apprehensive because I wasn't so keen on Green Flicker Beat, that the song oh, she did. I love for, Green I love that song. I thought it was a bit... Go for yeah, the yeah, I don't know. I prefer the Kanye West remix. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Kanye can do and, no wrong. And I think The Weeknd did, did a, a, a remix. I can't yeah. remember precisely. Um, but yeah, and then when Greenlight came out, I was like, this is different. And I was like, mm. watching the video and kind of... When you watch the music video and listen to a song, it can really alter your perspective on it. Yeah. But then I listened to the song and I was like, this is a straight up banger yeah this is wicked um so and then the second question i asked kind of finish things off is what is your all-time favorite record (gasps) oh goodness that's really difficult can i give a few does it have to be just one uh yeah i guess i'm being i am being quite lax about it at the moment because obviously uh, i've only just put up the first podcast and i'm kind of once i know that people have been listening to the podcast i will expect them to give me answers (laughs) I want these answers. I mean, um, I think, yeah, Maddie Jones was saying to me, like, when I asked her this question, she was like, I don't have any. And I think she says it's quite a male thing to have favorite records and, like, lists. That's interesting. And she, because, well, that's that's her opinion. I don't know. But it's true for me because I know exactly what my favorite record is. I know exactly what my favorite film is. What's your favorite record? uh, My favorite record is Live at Sinead by Jeff Buckley. Yeah, I see. Yeah, because it's like, because Grace is fantastic but it doesn't capture that kind of yeah him mm-hmm. and like him playing other people's songs and like him like because every time i hear a song that he's covered now done by someone else i'm like it's not jeff buckley though is it it's no. like i mean it's just like i just love that album i mean it's kind of a, it's a cop-out as well because yeah. it's such a long album but it's just like i would <laughs> listen okay. to it from beginning to end and just so, like mean, fall in love with it i've just got like i think laura marling i speak because i can is one of my favorite albums just because it's quite nostalgic to me. It was like mm, around the time yeah. that I discovered her and I went to see her live for the first time. And I saw her at the Norwegian church and she did like loads of the songs off wow. that album before it had been released. Gosh. And, and I was just like, 
Yeah, and blowed my mind. That's, that's kind of like it's amazing when you can see an artist in such like an intimate setting like that. And, yeah, and then like and then they get so huge. Like mm. um, that was for that was for like soon put that on as well. Mm. John Roster and got me tickets. Nice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, then yeah, so that's like, one of my favorite albums. Um, then I love Arcade Fire and Neon Bible because that's again another nostalgic thing where mm. me and my my entire family loved that album we went to see them live a number of times and just like all of that kind of stuff and then i love ben howard's i forget where we were that's one of my favorite albums for definite i think jack ellis said that was his one of his really? i don't know if it was that album in particular but he said yeah oh and then kate bush um hounds of love it's another one i just i have loads of favorite it's albums. fine i mean the fact that you do is great and like and it kind of goes to show like they're kind of in the same ballpark but yeah. still quite different yeah. um you know that's no they're not really in the same but it's <laughs> like i've perceived music from different sides and, yeah and like that's kind of like one of these sides of music i mean arcade, arcade fire maybe a bit bit more removed from that kate bush a bit more removed from that but yeah. like it kind of does make not make sense but like it fits in with like yeah. your music quite well but i think I'm I'm curious to know like what kind of influenced you in this kind of new sound as well. In the new sound, I would definitely say Kate Bush and Ben Howard are like yeah big influences, and then also kind of like Carly Rae Jepsen yeah um, and Japanese House. Jap- Japanese House. I love Japanese House. As in Japanese, the genre of music house in Japanese. No, no not okay. the band Japanese House. <laughs> Thank you. Then that's such a strange. No. I've never heard. Okay, so there's a, there's play, a play songwriter ignorance. band type thing. That's um... <laughs> no, not Japanese house music. That's hilarious. But there is an artist called the Japanese House. Okay. who does kind of like left field alternative, Bonnie Vare kind of pop. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, she's really cool. So. Yeah, everyone, everyone's just rolled their eyes at me. Who knows who Japanese house is? You should but, like, check out Japanese to me, house. To me, I was like, that's such a strange, like, left field kind of thing to be into. Just but sort of, I'm like, down with it. Curveball. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> didn't know that was. Yeah, but obviously, it was. Uh, okay, that's quite a good way to end it. Uh, you thought about a song you wanted to play? I have no idea. This is difficult. I guess I could just do hell. Because that's the sing- like the thing. Well. Or I could do... No, I'll do the third single that isn't out yet. <sighs> Perfect. When is it going to come out? Do you know? Not sure. Ooh. Over the summer sometime. Okay. Is it going to be after this podcast comes out? Very possibly. <sighs> or it could already be out. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I will... I'm, I do... Um, so I record the introduction and the uh, the outro. Um, like the... I'm, like go- I'm gonna try and do it the day before or on the day it comes out, so like I can keep things current. Because I, I would, I, would, I recorded the one for Rob's podcast, um, like quite, quite soon after we did it, and then yeah. things kept changing, so I had to keep like updating. It. And I was like, yeah, no, I'll just record it like on the day before because <laughs> then I can also like, um, respond to like reactions as well at the time. Yeah. So I will have said either introduction or now or in the outro uh when that single is coming out so let me know okay, about cool. that. Um, I will. but yeah so hell is out and uh, what love is, is what out. love is is out which and they're both quite different from each other so yeah. I think if you didn't if you if you're not keen on one listen to the other one and it might change your mind but like and then the third single i really like the production of it it's it's kind of like a combination of the two Okay, cool. So I, I quite like that we've done two very different things and then, and then sort of brought them together them. in the third cool. one. So if you, yeah, so if you like one, you will like the 
third one. Oh, you might like all of them. Everyone will like the third everyone one. It will like, please yeah. everyone. Uh, uh, and if you don't, then no, it's fine. Then it's not, I don't not care. made for you, exactly. <laughs> um, and what's the song called? It's called Never Let Me Go. Uh, I think I've heard this one. Yeah, yeah. I think you, I've played it yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot. yeah, it's cool. Is it got anything to do with the film? No, it doesn't. Uh, okay, I was curious because that's <laughs> what I just, good because that film's horrible. Like, not, I've not, not seen it's the not film. a bad film. It's just really sad. Yeah, oh, I've, I've heard. So I've heard sad. that it's sad. That's why oh, I've not God. seen it because yeah. I just I can't do that sometimes. No, yeah, that's definitely kind of my feeling. It's like I could watch that on Netflix or I could get really depressed. And like, just and watch it, like drink a bottle of wine. And yeah, cry. well, no, that's <laughs> let's not even get started on that. But yeah, uh, never let me go. And yeah, thank yeah. you, and thank you for the Thanks. for this one hour and forty five minute conversation. You're welcome. Have, have fun down. editing. Yeah. <laughs> so this is never let me go, and you can watch the video for this on YouTube or Facebook. Once we have cleared the mist I'm left alone in the sun It's getting late now, dear But we can't stop once we run There's nothing left to fear But there's a shot in your gun If you aim it right, you'll hit me down you never look back, you'll never find out I see the fog form in your eyes The palest blues turn into fire I hope it burns me now I hope it never lets me go I hope you burn me now I hope you never let me go It's paranoia, I guess To be afraid you won't speak and still I try my best So that you won't forget me I don't believe all that shit It's empty, there can be Give me the dark and commit It's empty, baby If you aim it right, show it I can make you stop, stop dead in your tracks If you never look back, you'll never find out I see the fog form in your eyes The palest blues turn into fire I hope it burns me now I hope it never lets me go I hope 
So that was Never Let Me Go by Little Red. Thanks to Ellie for recording that podcast with me. Did have a really great chat. A lot of what we talked about beforehand as well was really kind of fun to to chat through. Um, I've known Ellie for quite a long time now. Uh, like I said, I kind of heard of her through the the big gig or the Battle of the Bands or and the Structure Festival, which is you know it feels like eons ago now. It's kind of almost ten years, which is just crazy and you know it's been really interesting to see her progress from you know playing that first show at soon festival which you know is a great first show to play to where she is now where she's such an like an independent artist and kind of really knows how to make music and you know she can thank her her course for that and she can also thank the experience she's had and you know that's great she mentioned that she's playing the secret garden party I thought at the time there would be a podcast in between. I'm not sure how I worked that out. but um, So she is playing the Secret Garden Party this weekend. So if you're going to that, make sure you check her out. Um, she's then supporting Natalie Holmes in London at the workshop on July the 29th. Then she's at Brecon Fringe at the Muse on August 11th. Then she'll be at Raw Fest in Cladidno between the 17th and the 20th. And then she's at Hub Festival in Cardiff, uh, that's the 25th to 27th, and the Big Kutch Festival on September the 1st to the 2nd. So definitely go see her. Her live show is, um, like I said, quite different to the music, uh, but it's still kind of quite stunning to hear those songs being played, kind of quite, you know, quite intimate songs being put in front of people. And I kind of really admire her for doing that. Oh, so when I first met Ellie, she's quite shy, and now she's kind of become quite an... Not uh, an art, uh, like a diva or an artist kind of thing in, in that sense, but a lot more confidence and it's kind of really impressive to see. So yeah, thanks thanks to Ellie again and definitely kind of go check her out when you get the chance. So next week's podcast is with Parks and this will be the first kind of podcast with more than one person speaking. It was uh, really fun to do a, a podcast with Parks and to hear some of the new music. We didn't record a session and uh, with the rate things are going for me this week, we're not going to. So that's a bit of a shame. But I am hoping this is literally just a plan I came up with today to do a podcast from Hub Festival, which will go out the week after Hub Festival, because as it turns out, uh, the schedule for the coming podcasts will be able to have kind of like quite a new-ish podcast like these podcasts have been recorded like way way in, in the past I mean I can't remember when this one was done particularly but um so the last podcast I recorded was with Alad Rion and that was just this week um, and that'll go out the week before Hub Festival so on the 30th of August there'll hopefully be unless you know I, I don't do it um a uh, podcast from Hub Festival that will include little short snippets of interviews and hopefully some recordings as well. We'll see how that goes. You know, it's it's a bit of a kind of endeavour to do that, especially as I'm putting on a stage at Hub Festival. I don't know if I mentioned that yet. Um, so that'll be kind of, I really, really hope I can do that because that was, that's been an idea I've had in the in the running for quite a long time, even before I considered doing this podcast. Um, so yeah, definitely hope to do that. Uh, if you are coming to a festival, make sure you check out the Cardiff Music Awards Forte stage on the Sunday from 2 till 10, I think it is. Yeah, um, 
and that'll be that's that lineup is great you can find that online i don't need to tell you because it's in the last podcast you should be listening to all these podcasts you know and yeah and there's so many great bands playing up festival uh what else is coming up uh the Burberry station show with junior bill is next week so we're kind of really going hard on that and then there's some there's great stuff coming up over the summer like true fest and you know boomtown at the end of you know that's that's not so local but you know great stuff coming up yeah so next week's podcast with parks and thanks for listening to this podcast see you next week <laughs>